This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Amy Wright here. We have Victor Wainwright in the house. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And the train, right? Victor That's Wainwright right. and the train. <laughs> we just right. saw an unbelievable performance with horns, and it was the whole, it was everything, and it was just, it was, it was a massive performance. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. We had a great time. It was a pleasure doing it. So we wanted to just have a second to get to know you a little bit better. Um, and I read somewhere that you are originally from Savannah, Georgia. That's right. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. My, um, my grandfather taught me how to play the piano, and my dad taught me how to sing and entertain. And uh, they had a band, you know, well before I was born, they were, they were gigging and playing around Savannah, Georgia. And when I grew up, I learned how to carry amps pretty fast. <laughs> was there a lot of good music in Savannah? There was, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of music in that city, not just in clubs or nightclubs, but out on the River Street and the city market, too. I've been there, and it has that super funky vibe. Kind of reminds me, it's a little bit of a kindred spirit between New Orleans, Memphis, and Savannah. There really is, man. Savannah is just a a really beautiful, beautiful city that's been really well preserved and just uh, a really kind-hearted people there. I I miss home quite a bit, but I've been living in in Memphis for about 12 years now. So, do you write about those experiences? I do. Yeah, yeah. My one, my very first albums uh, that I put out was Piano from Savannah, which is about uh, growing up around. uh, my grandfather and dad and, and, uh, and the city of Savannah and, and playing the piano, learning from my granddad. And there were other musicians around, um, Pine Top Perkins? Yeah, old example. Pine Top, for example. Uh, when I first saw uh, Pine Top, my dad took me to one of my first uh, blues festivals in Georgia. And uh, we went and followed this little uh, dirt trail back through the woods. And they had a stage set up, like a shack stage in the back. And uh, it was Bob Margol and, and Pine Top. <clears throat> I didn't know any of those guys yet. But I watched them play, and I watched the people dancing out in front. It was dirt, and now the dirt just sort of clouded up, and, and the people were dancing through it. And uh, the whole experience uh, really moved me. And I had experienced my granddad and my dad playing uh, honky-tonk and genuine rock and roll music and uh, hearing the blues and then feeling uh, the lessons that I learned from my granddad with, like, the Jerry Lee-style boogie-woogie piano and then hearing Pine Top play the traditional blues, uh, blues piano, boogie-woogie piano. It really... Um, infected me with the music. How old were you when you started playing piano? Oh, I, I think there's some photos of me reaching up on the piano when I was still in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty young. Um, you had um, a piano in your house. We did. Yeah, we had a piano in my house. And later on, 
my dad, uh, when I was really becoming interested, my dad and Lamont bought me my first digital piano. And um, what really made it special was that my granddad could play on it and then they could record it. And then later on, I could go back and find what he was playing. The keys would light up what he had played. Oh, that's, and that's great. that's one of the ways that I learned to uh, play in this really different type of style that he played in. Do you remember what piano, what kind of piano that was? Um, I th it was a Clavinova. It looked like it had a real smooth front. I still have it. I still have that piano, yeah. <laughs> when you have your first instrument, it's, it's one of those where you just hang on to those first instruments. Yeah, it really is. It means a lot to me. Um, you know, my dad also played a little bit too. Uh, he'd play the piano and, and with my granddad, when he'd come over on special occasions like Christmas or, or um, holidays, he'd come over and play. He didn't even have to be holiday, he'd just visit, he'd play, and I would sit down beside him, and um, he would instruct me, this is how you do it, son, you know. <laughs> so when did you take up the B3, or when did you first play a B3? Um, it wasn't until a bit later when I moved uh, down to Daytona Beach, Florida. You know, my, my dad and, and grandpa and my mom and my family, they wanted me to have um, an education. They knew how hard it was growing up um, without one and, and what your chances are with or without one having a good life. And they knew how, I was interested in music, but they also knew how hard that was to make a living with it. It is so hard. So they, they wanted me to go to school and they said, pick anything that you want to do. And uh, I think I was just being stubborn. I wanted to call the bluff. So I said, air traffic control. So That's a tough job. Right. <laughs> out of the blue. So my family... Um, they sent me to be an air, or to learn how to be an air traffic controller. So I moved from Savannah, Georgia to Daytona Beach, Florida to go to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University where I studied to be an air traffic controller. And um, four years later, I had a bachelor's degree in air traffic management. I had met Billy Dean, uh, my drummer, and Stephen Dees, who I worked a long time with with Wild Roots Records, and Greg Gumpel, my first guitar player. And I, I really built, built a connection while going to school there musically. But the FAA, uh, when, I, when I graduated, they get that information and the Federal Aviation Administration called me up and they said, we have a job for you as an air traffic controller. And I said, okay, good. Where? Because they stationed you and they said, we're going to move you to Memphis. Perfect. So I said, this is must be meant to be. I'm going to Memphis, you know. So uh, up, I packed my bags and moved to Memphis. It wasn't until later that I figured out you really can't stay out on Beale Street playing until 3 a.m. and still go to work the next morning at 5 and control planes. Maybe when you're 22. but and Not even then. <laughs> <laughs> it caught up with me real quick, and my fellow controllers just basically said, maybe this job ain't for you. <laughs> so that, then you transitioned to a full-time musician? I or? did. I had to, yeah. I was that a hard decision to make? No, it was very easy. <laughs> I didn't have another option, really. I mean, I just couldn't do air traffic control and play music. So for me, and, and, and being right here on, in Memphis, it was the perfect place for me to really um, hone um, my craft and learn from some of the uh, amazing masters and musicians that are in and around Memphis. Did you always know that blues was going to be your thing? I didn't, you know, not, not really. And honestly, you know, when I was growing up with my dad and grandpa, they played like genuine rock and roll music, honky-tonk, uh, country, western, you know, uh, Ray Price and Hank Williams and Jerry Lee Lewis and even then into like Little Richard and stuff. And they played a little bit of uh, Louis Jordan and little Jim Reeves and um, even B.B. King, a little bit. But it wasn't until I, I, I started to move, um, it wasn't until I moved down to Florida and then in here to Memphis that I really started getting into further into blues music. 
um, especially meeting people like, um, well, just all the friends and family that I met here in Memphis that have really influenced me. Do you think that playing with all the musicians that were already here, do you think that changed your style of playing or improved your playing? Yeah, it did, absolutely. You know, we were playing on, on Beale Street nightly um, at one time, and uh, during the whole summer and then some into that year, we played nightly on Beale Street, me and a few of my friends, and uh, it definitely, definitely affected my style. I learned a lot, uh, a whole lot during that process, not only on how to entertain people, um, but also just playing the piano and finding that Memphis blues style um, that wanted to speak to me. So now it's Victor Wainwright and the train. That's right. And who, who, who are the folks in the band? Oh, the guys in the band, that's uh, Billy Dean. He's been with me for eight years. I met him down in Daytona. Um, Terrence Grayson from Mississippi, he's been with me for four years. Pat Harrington, uh, been with me for two years from Buffalo, New York. Um, so all across the map, Florida, New York, Mississippi. Um, Doug That's kind of like a train, isn't it? You're picking yeah. up all these people along the it way. Is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And Doug Wolverton's um, staying on the West Coast all the way from L.A. And um, Mark Early's near Boston, New Jersey. I mean, these guys are coming from all over the place, north, south, east, and west. And together uh, we form Victor Wainwright and the Train, which I think is a pretty original sounding um, uh music that we put forth and, and all combined to make. And what does the train mean to you? The train to me is like, um, is power, um, mm -hmm. but also it's, um, I've always been enamored when I was a kid with all the different parts of a train. Um, the smokestack or the, or the, the iron that comes across or the grill on the front. Um, if you look at the cover of our record, it's a, it's a train, it's a locomotive made out of musical instruments. Um, when I was little, I, of course, I still, I love Willy Wonka, the movie. And that machine that they're driving through that's making all the noise and racket and they all have to get on. I mean, that's a very curious thing. And I've always been real curious with music. I want to dive deep into all the corners of roots music and blues music. Um, I want to stretch as far as we can, but I want to invite back in to uh, everybody out there that might be interested in, in the blues and in roots music. I want to invite them into the family, not so much crossover, invite in. That's really important to me, and I think uh, with the train, you know, it, it, as, as you saw our show, there's a lot of uh, energy. A ton of energy. And then a locomotive sort of energy, the feeling that we, that we have when we perform, which is this overwhelming uh, power, uh, this overwhelming joy. Um, I hope that we make a joyful noise with all that, but that's, uh, that's how we feel. And uh, when you look on the album cover and you see all those instruments, that's how we feel too. We're very inquisitive and curious about the music we play. Well, you and I share the train, love of trains in common. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I always wanted a train and a Lionel train set. Oh, awesome. But uh, my mom said, you don't need a train set, you're a girl. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I just got my first Lionel train set. Oh, very cool. And now my husband gave it to me, and we're having a ton of fun with it now. Oh, that's awesome. So um, so I, I love trains. I love what you guys are doing. It's, it's unbelievable, the music, the tracks on this new album. Where did you, you record it? I recorded uh, our album with my friend Dave Gross, who co-produced the album with me. Uh, we recorded it at Ardent Studios in Memphis. Um, the first one that I've done at Ardent in Memphis. Um, then we, re we came back to my house, uh, which I live in Memphis, and we did the, uh, the vocals and some of the other little fine-tuning things. And then some up at Dave's studio, Fat Rabbit Studios up in New Jersey, where he recorded uh, our friend Munster Mike Welch, um, some rhythm instruments and the horns. And uh, you recently got an award for um, 
It was one of the Blues Music Awards. Yeah. Pine, was it the Pine Top Perkins? Yep, Pine Top Perkins, piano, piano player. player of the year, yeah. Uh, it really means a lot to me, you know. It comes full circle. It does. You know, for me, you know, getting a, an award, Pine Top's namesake, it's really humbling. And everyone on that list, every single year that, that, that I've been nominated or that I've won, every year I look at the people that I've been nominated along with, and I'm just floored. Because to me, most of them are better piano players than me. You know, I just play like my granddad. I don't you know. know. <laughs> well, to me, I, I look at them and I go, wow, you know, I can't do that or I can't do that. But, you know, I, so just being nominated is a big win for me. Um, and, and this year we took home the Pine Top again, which was very, very special because Pine Top was um, very, very special and deserves uh, to be remembered. Well, there couldn't be a better person to carry on the beautiful tradition of the blues. And you guys are just rocking it. We're so Thank excited you. you took the time to come in and hang with us today. Absolutely. And um, come back anytime. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right. Thank you so much. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.